welcome to a Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it's such a joy to have you join me again today. Thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you if you are a regular listener for uh, continuing to download episodes, and welcome if you're a brand new listener. I've prayed for you and asked God to uh, just draw you closer to Him as you spend this time in His Word, and I want to encourage you once again just um, not to use this time as your only time reading God's Word and meditating on God's Word, but to continue um, to spend more and more time um, in His Word on your own, and um, and then to share it with family and friends and loved ones and uh, it's just such a blessing. The more you are in His Word, the more you will want to be in His Word. The more you learn about Him, the more you will want to know about Him. And He has just blessed us beyond measure with this written Word. And um, I just pray that He will increase your hunger and thirst for time with Him. And um, if you pray for that and ask Him to give you that, He will. He will do that, friend. So I'm a little off right now. Our, um, we are traveling, and I'm recording in a different spot. I'm not in my podcast closet, and so I'm trying to um, get everything spread out here so I can do all that I need to do. Um, but it's such a blessing, and isn't it just amazing that uh, with technology today that, that we can do something like this? And I don't have my um, my clothes in my closet as a sound buffer, so if you hear some strange noises, just say, okay, that's okay, she's on the road. But none of that is really as important as the Word. So our verse for February the 12th, 2022, comes from the a minor prophet book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 12, and it reads as follows from the ESV. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Oh my, here we go. So we're back in this minor prophet book of Joel. There are 12 minor prophets and those books are much smaller. Um, they're books of prophecy found in the Old Testament. And um, they start with, uh, it's Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Those are the last 12 books of the Old Testament before we get into the New Testament. And they're called minor prophet books because they're relatively small compared to um, Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Lamentations, and Jeremiah. Those are all the major prophets. And um, just because they're small, however, does not mean that they are not packed with important things for uh, believers today. And some um, congregations and some uh, denominations will teach that we really don't have to pay much attention to the Old Testament because it was uh, before Christ and and now since Christ has come and he's um, been a fulfillment of all those prophecies, we really don't have to go back and, and know all of that. And I think that is just not good. Um, 
God tells the whole story, the story of redemption, the story of his love and his mercy and grace um, starts with uh, Genesis and it goes all the way to Revelation. And we just learn so much of God's character and um, his care for his people um, in the Old Testament. And so um, I love it when we get to spend that time in the Old Testament and um, a lot of people will say, well, we've got um, prophecies that really just applied to um, the children of Israel at that time. Um, and that is true. There are some prophecies that a- applied there, but then uh, there are some that um, some that will have a dual fulfillment. So there's a near, there was a, a fulfillment of that prophecy then, and then um, many years later, we would see how Christ fulfilled a certain prophecy or some other prophecy was fulfilled in that way. Um, and so it's very important for us to take the time, I think, as students of the word and as people who want to know um, God and the Lord Jesus better to um, read the whole counsel of Scripture. And especially when you look back, when you see uh, that Jesus quoted the Old Testament and made references to the Old Testament, um, as did the other um, writers of the Old Test- um, the New Testament. Um, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to do this. And so when we can go back and see those things in the Old Testament, it's just such a blessing. And it just gives a, a, a fuller, more fuller, more richer picture of um, God and his love for his people. So we've talked about um, Joel before, um, last month on January the 14th, and uh, when we did Joel one fourteen. And as you know, I like to um, look at background and try to get context, and that's so important when we're studying God's Word and when we're picking out these verses, um, is to see what it means in the full context, um, the full counsel of Scripture. And we know uh, Joel chapter 1 says, The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. And that's about all we know about Joel. Um, he's quoted again in the New Testament um, during the book of Acts when Peter is um, talking about what has just happened at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 or verse 16. And Peter says, But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And so we're not really sure. Um, we don't have it in the scripture when this book was written, and we don't know much more about Joel. But his little um, his little book of prophecy is three chapters. It's a relatively quick read. However, it is just full of prophecy, full of prophecy. And as I mentioned, some was applying to um what was happening then, but some applied to us, like the the scripture that I just mentioned in Joel 2.28, where it talks about the Holy Spirit coming on God's people. In uh, Joel 2.28, it says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions, even on the male and female servants. In those days, I will pour out my spirit. And that affects us. That is um, what happened when Jesus told them that he was going to send his Holy Spirit. And then at the day of Pentecost, it came down. And now um, we believers, when we accept the Lord Jesus um, as our Savior, um, he 
puts his Holy Spirit inside of us as a guarantee, as a deposit um, of the inheritance that we have in him. And it's just such a blessing to see that. One of the main um, themes that permeates Joel's prophecy is the day of the Lord. And it talks about a day of um, of wrath, a day of reckoning, a day of destruction, um, and it's because the people had turned away from God. They had turned away from what they had been um, instructed to do. They had um, idol worship. They were no longer regarding God um, um, as they should have as their protector and provider and uh, their shield. And um, as God does with all of us, because he loves us, he was... Um, he sent this prophet to tell of what was going to happen um, to discipline. And the scripture tell us, tells us that God disciplines those he loves, just like a loving parent disciplines their child, because we know that um, they we need to teach them what is right and to walk in the right way, because if they don't, they're headed for destruction. And it's the same thing that God does for us. He disciplines us because he loves us. And he was doing that to his the children of Israel. Um, he would um, tell them to do something. They would do it for a little while. Then they would turn away and get off track. And then um, they would suffer and they would uh, come back to him and then they would fail again and get off track. Does that sound like anybody you know? <laughs> That's what we all do. But um, thankfully, thankfully, we have a loving, loving Father who just truly desires for us to come back to Him. Um, as we mentioned before, earlier than this week, He knows we are dust. He knows that we are uh, frail. But when He puts His Holy Spirit inside of us, um, that helps us, and that's our. Um, it nudges us and says, "You're off track. You're not doing the right thing. Return, return, return." And we're going to read about that in our scripture today. Um, so, in this chapter two of Joel that we're starting to um, read today, where we find our verse today, uh, Joel at the beginning of chapter two uh, talks a great day, a great deal about this day of the Lord, about. Um, the alarm and that we need to let um, everybody to know what's going to happen. And I'm going to read just a little bit about this. And you can hear not only does Joel talk about this, but several other, other of the minor prophets talk about the day of the Lord. Um, well, several of the prophets talk about the day of the Lord. And it was both a near fulfillment of prophecy, so prophecy that happened then, um, whether it was uh, what was going on in Joel's time or... Um, in Daniel's time or Jeremiah's time or Isaiah's time, um, there was a reckoning right then, and God used different armies and nations to uh, try to turn Israel back to punish them and try to turn them back to him. Um, but then there are some of these, There, there's that day of the Lord, and then there's going to be a day of the Lord where there's going to be the final judgment, um, the final judgment on the inhabitants of the earth. And, oh, friend, we want to be in that number that is found in Jesus. We want to be in that number that is found believing um, that Jesus is God's son and that he died for us and that we're covered with his righteousness. And if we're covered with that, then we won't re we will all go through judgment, but we won't receive the punishment because 
Jesus has put forth as the what something called a propitiation for our sins, which is an appeasement uh, to a holy God. So he's paid the price for us already. He's He took all that punishment that we deserve when he suffered and died on the cross. But if we read here um, this day of the Lord that Joel's talking about leading into our verse for the day, uh, starting in Joel chapter 1, it says, Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness there is spread upon the mountains a great and powerful people like their like has never been before, nor will be again after them through the years of all generations. Fire devours, devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them, but behind them a desolate wilderness, and nothing escapes them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses, and like war horses they run, as with the rumbling of chariots they leap on the tops of mountains, like the crackling of a flame of fire devouring the stubble, like a powerful army drawn up for battle. Before them peoples are, are in anguish, all faces grow pale. Like warriors they charge, like soldiers they scale the wall. They march each on his way. They do not swerve from their paths. And all of this that I'm talking about, he's talking about this great army um, that's coming to to do this judgment um, sent by God. That's the day of the Lord. Um, they Beginning back in verse 8, they do not jostle one another. Each marches in his path. They burst through the weapons and they are not halted. They leap upon the city, they run upon the walls, they climb up into the houses, they enter through the windows like a thief. The earth quakes before them, the heavens tremble, the sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. The Lord utters his voice the Lord utters his voice before his army, for his camp is exceedingly great. He who executes his word is powerful, for the day of the Lord is great and very awesome. Who can endure it? And then for our verse for the day, yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And I'm going to go on to 13. And rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. So in Joel's first chapter, he talked about these these swarming locusts who just devour everything. And then in this second chapter, he's talking about how the day of the Lord is like that when this great army comes through to execute the judgment on the day of the Lord. And um, it says, for the day of the Lord is very great and very awesome. But in verse 12, yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your hearts and not your garments. So he, he wants us to come back to him. And I just love this in all the scripture, anywhere that says, thus says the Lord, or the Lord says, or declares the Lord, we learn about God's character when we see that. That's why it is just so important, especially in these, in the Old Testament, you know, in the New Testament, we have Jesus, um, things that Jesus said, which are equally important because Jesus is God. He's our savior. Um, 
but God is God, and our Savior is well, God the Father. And when it says declares the Lord, we just see see another facet of Him. And this is a theme that you will find woven throughout the Old Testament scriptures, um, that of the Lord um, wanting his people to return to him. And that's why repentance is so important. That's uh, part of that returning is repenting, is confessing that what you've done is wrong um, and that it um, is sin in the eyes of a holy God. And, and then just asking him to cleanse you and to turn back to him. And I love what it says in Psalm, in Psalm 51, this whole Psalm 51, and we've talked about this before, but it is such an important Psalm, a, a, such a wonderful example of a prayer um, that was done by King David. And he did this after he had committed um, adultery and then murder. And when he was turning back to God, and so um, it starts out with, uh, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And then we jump down here It said, in verse 10, it says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing heart spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you, which is what God so desires. And then we jump down here on verse 17 or verse 16, and it says, for you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh, God, you will not despise. The Lord accepts that sacrifice of a broken spirit, that sacrifice of of just um, confessing what a sinner uh, we what sinners we are and what we have done that has been so wrong against him. And, you know, the flesh part of us uh, doesn't want us to do that, that prideful part of us. But the part of us that knows that we are the created and not the creator and that we are in the presence of a holy God who loves us and just wants us to have that relationship with him and that we can't be in relationship if we continue to have that sin that separates us. That part is the part that will turn to him and um, ask for forgiveness and um, and that's um uh, that's when he just draws us back to himself. He is faithful and just to forgive us from all unrighteousness, First John 1, 9 says. But we have to confess. We have to return to him. And in this um, scripture for today, he says, return to me. Um, yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. It's all about the heart, friend. It's not um, so much with the outward stuff, but it's it's really what is in our heart. Now, sometimes our outward things that we're doing, they there's no doubt that they show the condition of our heart. Uh, but he says, yet even now, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning, and render, tear your heart uh, Rend your hearts, not your garments. You know, when um, in many cultures, um, that sign of sorrow and, and that sign of 
sadness in turning uh, was to do this loud weeping and the long time fasting and the mourning, that crying and wailing, and people would tear their clothes. And um, but he's saying it's about that brokenness, um, and not so we'll be broken, but so that we can be in a right relationship, a right state of mind. Um, and it's with all of that mourning and fasting and weeping and wailing and confessing and asking for forgiveness, um, he accepts that. And then that's when he starts to heal us. That's when um, he can uh, mold us and make us, as we've read before. That's where we're refined as um, by fire. And um, as he does that, as he purifies us, we become more like him. We become more like his son. I love this um, picture in Isaiah in chapter 30, verse 15. And this is another one of these, thus says the Lord things. Um, it says, for thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. And then jumping forward to 18. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. And we see a similar thing in Malachi um, chapter 3, um, beginning in verse 6, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Um, and then we see um, Jesus, you know, at the beginning of his ministry, John the Baptist started and was p- preaching repentance. And then when Jesus came, uh, we see in Mark chapter one, verse 15, and he said, um, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent or return and believe the gospel. And um you know, I would just encourage you, friend, if there's something that you need to um, confess, if there's some way, some part of your heart that you need to get right with the Lord, don't go another minute uh, without asking him to um, show you what it is and then um, confess it and ask for forgiveness. It's it's that pridefulness that we have in our flesh that um, says, well, this is not too bad or I don't need to confess that. But we read in First John uh, chapter one verse eight: If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, do you see this, friend? He is such a loving Father, um, but He tells us what we have to do. We have to be. Um, in right relationship with him. And it's not because he's uh, a tyrant, um, but he has every right to do this. He's God the Father. He's the creator God. He's the mighty one true living God. And so if he tells us that we need to do something a certain way, then it is in our best interest to do it that way. But friend, we have good news. We have that salvation that we've talked about all this week. You know, if we look in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of his all. 
that him is the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus who uh, took our punishment on the cross. And if we look here in First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on that tree, on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Oh, what a blessing. So return to him. Um, And if you have family and friends encouraged that don't know him, share his word, share the the uh, goodness of your loving father, who's our loving shepherd. Um, and the way that will God will help us to do that more and more is that we read God's word and we study God's word. We live God's word and we share it. And so I just want to close with this beloved psalm. And I think if we look at it in, in the light of what we've talked about today, about uh, returning to the Lord, returning to our shepherd, um, and then just listen to what he does for us. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's for us, friends, if we have believed in Jesus. Blessings to you, dear friends. Until next time.